Hi, it's Matt. Just before we start the show, I want to tell you about a great live event I've got coming up on the 27th of March. To celebrate 600 episodes of Recruiting Future, I'm going to be hosting a live Ask Me Anything webinar. This is your chance to pick my brain on anything you like, including market trends and predictions, the impact of AI on recruiting, skills-based hiring, the changing role of recruiters, podcasting tips, or even my favourite Scottish tourist destinations and whiskies. Literally, ask me anything. I'll also be joined by some surprise special guests who'll be adding their perspectives to the conversation. You can sign up now by going to mattalder.me slash AMA. That's mattalder.me slash AMA. And I really look forward to seeing you there. That web address one last time. mattalder.me slash AMA. Support for this podcast comes from ClickIQ. ClickIQ is an automated job advertising platform that uses the latest AI and programmatic technology to manage, track and optimise the performance of your recruitment advertising in real time. Spend is focused where it's needed the most to reach both active and passive job seekers across Indeed, Google, Facebook and an extensive network of job boards. To find out more about ClickIQ, please visit www.clickiq.co.uk That's www.clickiq.co.uk There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 167 of the Recruiting Future podcast. The early part of any new year is is always dominated by articles and videos exploring predictions of the trends that will affect talent acquisition in the year ahead. Unfortunately, a, a large proportion of this content tends to be based on unsupported opinion. So it's always good to see trend reports which are supported by robust data. One such publication is LinkedIn's Global Talent Trend Report, which is based on a survey of 5,000 talent professionals in 35 countries, combined with behavioural data from LinkedIn's user base. To discuss the findings of the report, my guest this week is Mark Lobosco, VP of Talent Solutions at LinkedIn. Enjoy the interview. Hi, Mark, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Matt. Thank you for having me. Excited to connect with you today. Absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Yeah. So my name is Mark Labosco. I'm responsible for our customer success and sales teams globally for LinkedIn's talent solutions business. Been with LinkedIn for about 10 years, so I'm considered an old timer here. I've had a number of different roles. Uh, The majority of the time has been spent in our talent business. Did spend a few years working on the acquisition of lynda.com, which was core to our long-term vision of creating economic opportunity for every member of the global workforce, and spent a little bit of time on that learning business, helped kind of integrate it into the company, and then launching our our learning solutions business, uh, which now has our LinkedIn learning product available to help professionals uh, acquire and maintain uh, their professional skill set. Fantastic stuff. So, 
Um, LinkedIn's in a great position to talk to job seekers and companies um, about what they're looking for in both employers and employees. Um, what what themes are you seeing this year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so each year, you know, stepping back, you know, we, we release our Global Talent Trends Report where we survey thousands of talent professionals to understand what trends, challenges, and kind of solutions are kind of top of mind for them. You know, a lot, lot of great themes have, have come out of the, the research as we've surveyed uh, professionals. Uh, and there's a, there's a couple of things. You know, the, the main kind of headline, though, is the relationship between employers and employees is fundamentally shifting. But as you look at the responses, not all HR and hiring practices have caught up to a number of these changes. So here's a couple of things we know. From the professional's perspective, they're expecting more from their employer. They're expecting more transparency. They want more trust and they're looking for more accountability. And from the company's perspective, you know, they're expecting their employees not just to have the technical skills, how do they do the specific parts of their job, but also to have the required soft skills, how to think creatively, how to collaborate effectively, and how to adapt quickly to an ever-changing kind of work environment. And what are some of the sort of specific trends you're seeing, um, you know, around this theme of this, um, of this new relationship? number of kind of insights from the, the research and the report, but we found four kind of main trends and topics in HR and hiring today that are impacting the relationships in this workplace. You know, one of them is soft skills. Uh, the other is work flexibility. Uh, the third is anti-harassment practices. And the fourth is around pay transparency. So, you know, with the need for employee-employer trust is one of the key factors to the ever-changing workforce. These were the topics that we found most interesting uh, to really dig into uh, to learn more. So um, let's kind of do that and uh, dig in and um, interesting to sort of find out the things that you found. So, I mean, starting with soft skills, they can be uh, much harder for recruiters and hiring managers to identify during the interview process. Um, do, you, do you have any recommendations to help companies identify these earlier in the sort of potential candidates they're looking at hiring? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, and, and, you know, first off, just like some high level kind of information in regards to soft skills. And, you know, as someone who at LinkedIn over the past 10 years has had to hire a few different folks. Uh, you know, I, I recognize the, the challenges with, uh, you know, interviewing for, for soft skills. You know, technical skills are certainly a little more easier, but, uh, but soft skills, uh, you know, prove challenging. You know, and, and the majority of talent professionals, I think it was over 90%, agree that soft skills uh, matter just as much as kind of these harder technical skills. And so the challenge isn't around the value. It's how do you assess these skills? And so close to 60% of professionals also share they struggle uh, to assess these soft skills. And, you know, there's a number of ways in which hiring managers have done this historically and still do today. And so that's everything from asking behavioral questions, which can be effective, but, but not always. Um, others are things like how do you read body language uh, interview or how do you ask the right situational questions? You know, for some folks, they've gotten world class at this and they can still be, be effective. But, but the majority of folks kind of in our research felt like these methods were, were not as effective as they would like to see. And the consequence of this is, you know, this gap on how do you successfully understand, assess and measure uh, soft skills uh, creates, you know, a major loss of time and money for hiring managers and companies. As the report shows, almost 90 percent of bad hires um, typically have uh, soft skills that were not up to par with what the company needed for the new employee to operate effectively within the company. 
And so there's a number of things companies are doing uh, to help with kind of assessing soft skills, you know, whether it be, you know, continuing to focus on things like, you know, asking the right behavioral questions, but what we're starting to see is, is more of a trend with companies turning to more AI-powered solutions where at up to 20%, I think it was about 17% of companies, uh, were now using technology to help with soft skill assessment. And so these are things like cognitive games uh, to measure kind of emotional uh, traits as well as kind of behavioral uh, traits for how an employee would operate within a company. And moving on to, um, you know, sort of uh, flexible work and workplace flexibility, um, is work flexibility a perk or an essential part of running a business and meeting employees' needs? Um, should companies be more open to employees when it comes to embracing flexible work? Yeah, I mean, I mean it starts with I, I, the reality of what was happening kind of in the world today, especially with the amount of uh, progress we've seen in technology. So with video conferencing, kind of messaging apps, ubiquitous kind of, you know, high speed kind of Internet, uh, employers do have more reasons than ever to explore a more flexible workplace, uh, you know, allowing employees to choose where and how they work. There really aren't the kind of technical uh, limitations that we've seen in the past. And we've seen, you know, an, an increase in companies that are also kind of offering this through our own data. So through LinkedIn Jobs, we saw a 78% increase in workplace flexibility uh, mentioned in job posts uh, since 2016. Uh, and as we look at companies that have increased kind of workplace flexibility as something they offer their employees, uh, the tech industry is leading the way uh, with remote work option uh, ahead of finance, healthcare, and manufacturing, you know, which, which isn't uh, a huge surprise. And, you know, despite the myths, you know, research does show that not only flexible work uh, is better for work-life balance, uh, about three-quarters of talent professionals share this sentiment in the research. Uh, but in addition to that, productivity increases and turnover is reduced. So clearly, the data is compelling in regards to employers looking at more workplace flexibility as something to offer their employees. Uh, this change also, you know, may be associated, associated with, uh, you know, diversity. So, for example, you know, women are 22% more likely than men to cite flexible workplace arrangements as very important as a factor when considering a new job. You know, so uh, we allow job seekers to search for remote jobs on LinkedIn as well. Is another example of how companies are enabling uh, this type of search to happen more easily. Workplace harassment was one of the the kind of the four trends that that, that you were highlighting. Um, how can companies take action to be part of the solution um, when it when it comes to dealing with this problem? Yeah, I mean, you know, clearly, you know, uh, workplace harassment uh, and just in general, you know, creating more uh, inclusive environments across all industries is uh, is definitely a, a meme kind of in, in the broader culture right now. And so the topic of harassment at work, you know, has, has also become increasingly important uh, during the past few years. You know, we, we saw 71% uh, increase in workplace harassment content shared on LinkedIn uh, as an example. So, you know, things in the, in the feed of what our members and what professionals were sharing. You know, internally, 75% of talent professionals notice some behavioral change from employees, uh, the most common being a willingness to speak up, discuss issues, and uh, call out bad behavior. So this openness uh, to have a conversation has led to uh, 80% of talent professionals to say their company has recently taken or is currently planning to take some anti-harassment action. 
So clearly there's a lot happening uh, on this front, both by what we're seeing on LinkedIn from what folks are sharing, but also the insights uh, coming out of the report. You know, what we've seen is the two most common tactics uh, companies are taking is actually, you know, taking advantage of what is already in place. So whether that is things like highlight existing policies, you know, or promoting ways uh, to safely report, you know, when there is a harassment issue kind of in the office. And so if you kind of take a step back and your listeners are thinking, you know, what action to take, you know, I think start with, you know, what are our existing policies? Uh, do they make sense? And if so, ensuring they're well communicated, uh, you know, communication around something like this is, is absolutely critical. And, you know, for me, I think one of the things that LinkedIn is, is really important is ensuring this type of communication comes from the top and comes from also leadership and is reinforced by leaders. And this just isn't a, uh, you know, internal HR thing. I think, you know, all companies really need to, you know, participate in creating the right type of uh, environment for employees to be successful. It can't be just driven by a smaller group within the company. You know, other ideas of what companies should do, you know, certainly listen to your employees kind of to weigh in on, on kind of current policies and where they may not make sense. Um, you know, I can't, can't reinforce enough the importance of getting your leaders uh, to be engaged. You know, as someone who, you know, leads a, uh, an organization of, you know, a few thousand people, um, ensuring my, my leaders are engaged and understand the importance of creating the right type of envi- our environments uh, will, plays a critical role in creating that type of inclusive environment. And then there's also, you know, online learning courses that are certainly available to both professionals as well as members. As an example, there's a LinkedIn learning course called, uh, I believe it's at Preventing Harassment in the Workplace, uh, which is another good example for employees or resource for employees. So in the report, you share that 54% of talent professionals agree that pay transparency is extremely important in shaping the future of recruiting and talent. Why is that trend important? Yeah, well, I mean, there, there's a number of reasons, you know, that, that go into why that's so important. So, you know, whenever you're looking to accept, uh, you know, new job opportunity, you know, salary is going to be, you know, an incredibly important insight. You know, the trend of conversation about transparency and salary is really not surprising, uh, given as a whole transparency in the workplace is becoming key to trust and building a strong culture. And in many ways, you know, things are just kind of catching up with where they should have always really been. You know, pay transparency has historically been one of the hardest conversations to have uh, for job seekers and recruiters, uh, but studies do show that the benefits uh, of pay transparency uh, definitely far outweigh these fears. Um, close to 30% of talent professionals and hiring managers that we surveyed share salary ranges. And of those who do share, uh, close to 70% uh, share pay with candidates early on in the process. Uh, almost 60% uh, share with their employees and uh, close to 10% share publicly on job posts. Now, there's a number of benefits uh, that come from sharing salary ranges uh, and streamlining kind of negotiations. Uh, This makes hiring faster and easier. You know, LinkedIn has also been really kind of invested in helping bring salary transparency to job seekers, uh, as well as other companies, by making salary information available uh, on job posts and through the LinkedIn salary tool. Uh, you know, we want to create kind of transparency, you know, in the, in the marketplace uh, so folks can make informed decisions uh, before they choose to leave their current employer, before they decide to join a, you know, a future employer. 
You know, so salary transparency, you know, whether it's provided, you know, uh, based upon LinkedIn's member provided data uh, or otherwise helps improve the hiring process for both employers and candidates. So it's something that we only see continuing. So uh, final question, where can people uh, get a copy of the report or find out find out more about its findings? So, uh, you know, I, I believe you'll share it kind of in the uh, in the show notes as well. But uh, if you want to go to uh, I'll give you the, uh, the address here. It's uh, so lnkd.in forward slash gtt19. So that was lnkd.in forward slash gtt19. Mark, thank you very much for talking to me. Thanks for having me, Matt. Hope I can come back soon in the future. Thanks for listening. My thanks to Mark Lobosco. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts or via your podcasting app of choice. The show also has its own dedicated app, which you can find by searching for Recruiting Future in your app store. If you're a Spotify user, you can also find the show there. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. my show. Have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio, but my life? Well, our goal on the podcast Inside the Street, hosted by Wall Street analysts at Lashifre Partners, is to provide public investors and young professionals with a deeper understanding of the mechanics that drive those major headlines. And what better way to dive into these mechanics and hosting Wall Street analysts themselves to discuss the newest trends in finance firsthand? Well, on our show, we bring you real perspectives from the front line. Hearing these analysts give commentary has made our listeners much more well-versed on the financial markets. This approach to discussion allows our listeners to engage in conversation with much more educated opinions and predictions. So be sure to check out our show, Inside the Street, wherever you find your podcasts.